Critical thinking is the most important skill you can have when you're living in a world that seems to have lost its mind. Everyone out there is trying to tell you what to think. I want to teach you how to think. In every episode, I'm exposing the logical fallacies being used by advertisers, politicians, influencers, news outlets, social media memes, and maybe even your own best friend. Warning, listening to this podcast will cause you to see bad thinking everywhere. Welcome to the Filter Through a Brain Cell podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Kathy Gibbons here. Let's start off with a quick review of a fallacy we've covered earlier in this season, the appeal to emotion. Now, most people don't know how to think well, right? You, you know that by now. You've listened to, you're on episode 44 of my podcast, you know that. And so therefore, they are easily manipulated by their emotions. When someone tries to manipulate you through your emotions, this is called an appeal to emotion. An appeal to emotion is when someone tries, when someone tries to get you to think, to believe, or to behave in a certain way by manipulating you emotionally rather than by presenting a logical argument. And the sad thing is, it's pretty easy to do. We're emotional human beings, and so it's pretty easy to, uh, to do this to someone, especially when they haven't learned how to think well. So the question to ask yourself if you're facing an appeal to emotion is this. Is what they're saying being backed up by a real argument, or are they just trying to play on my emotions? If you want to review or hear more about this appeal to emotion fallacy, go back and check out episode 23. All right, let's dive into today's fallacy, the anecdotal fallacy. Uh, people, okay, so it, when I say anecdotal, yes, it's meaning the same thing as anecdotal. All right, you've heard this before. So people commit the anecdotal fallacy when they base a conclusion on a personal experience or on a very small sample size rather than looking at the actual evidence or using a good argument. For example, someone will say, chihuahuas are vicious, dangerous animals. I used to live next door to a family who had a chihuahua and he bit me. Okay, so this person's experience is real and valid, but they're creating a conclusion off of one personal experience. Just because the chihuahua next door when you were a kid was mean, doesn't mean all chihuahuas are vicious and dangerous. Or someone could say this, I've never seen a marriage that was happy and didn't end in divorce. Marriage is just a bad idea that doesn't work. Okay, so... This person is basing a, basing a conclusion off of their limited experience of however number of marriages they've been around, rather than actually looking at the stats of marriages as a whole. They might come to a very different conclusion if they realize that they, there are absolutely happy marriages out there and plenty of them. The problem with the thinking here, with the anecdotal fallacy, is that we can make opinions and conclusions that are flat out wrong, but we will think that they're right. And even worse, typically, we're not very open to having those opinions challenged. When, when people commit the anecdotal fallacy, they typically don't want to see any data that shows anything to the contrary of what their opinion is. And in fact, it can be incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to change their minds. What's really interesting is that this is one of the really common fallacies. It happens all the time, and it happens so often because of the way our brains work. Our brains are inherently maybe lazy, or another way to say it could be efficient. Our brains look for efficiency. And so our brains prefer to do less work rather than to do more work. So they'll look for the easy way out when it's available. In this case, the brain prefers the simple, easy example that it didn't have to work for over a more complicated answer that it would have to work very hard to find by reading data or reading stats or researching several sources. So you can see why jumping to, it's kind of like the jumping to a conclusion fallacy. It's 
a little bit similar to that, but this one is a little more specific in that it's using a very specific incident and then just kind of sticking with that as the conclusion. One place you'll commonly see anecdotal fallacies is in advertisements and marketing. Think of how many diet or weight loss or fitness commercials you've seen with some celebrity or some nice looking fit person saying something along the lines of, I use the Get Trim Super Quick system for two weeks and I lost 87 pounds. Try it. It works. Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but you get the point. They'll use one person's experience to try to convince you to buy it because it'll work for you too. By the way, this is a good example of fallacy stacking, meaning one statement could have several fallacies. Can you, can you name them? In this example, not only is it an anecdotal fallacy, it's also an appeal to authority or appeal to celebrity, and it's also snob appeal, which I have not gotten to just yet in the podcast. <laughs> but you can see how they're using just one example to make a conclusion off of. They didn't present any data or any uh stats for why their product actually works. Another marketing version of the anecdotal fallacy is in the use of testimonies. Okay, now people love testimonies, like love them. I've read studies where they found that people trust testimonies and product reviews from other people almost more than the advertisement and the product description itself. Why is that? It's because we value the experience that someone else had. Even if it's just one person's experience, we will conclude, our brains will conclude that it must be good enough for us to buy also. And I'll be honest, I do this all the time. When I'm online, when I'm online shopping, I definitely, I look for testimonies, I read them, and I will use that as a strong basis for making my decision to buy or not. And what's really interesting is the FTC, Federal Trade Commission, has begun tracking, cracking down on online testimonies. So let's say a company gets 10 testimonies. Four of them are glowing five-star testimonies that make the company or their product sound amazing. Three of them are three-star testimonies that are just okay. And the last three are one-star testimonies from people who are very dissatisfied with the company or with the product. What most companies will do is they'll only put the glowing five-star testimonies on their website. That way, when the consumer comes and reads these glowing testimonies, they will assume that everyone just loves this company or their product, so they feel comfortable buying it. Well, the government is now saying that companies have to include an even sample of testimonies on their website showing the range of experience their customers have had. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? All right, so anyways, the question to ask yourself if you're facing an anecdotal fallacy is this. Is that really true or is it just an isolated event or experience? Let me say it again. Is that really true or is it just an isolated event or experience? All right, remember, when you learn how to think, you will no longer fall prey to those who are trying to tell you what they want you to think. And it all starts with asking one simple question. Is that really true? I would love to hear from you. Do you have questions about fallacies and cognitive biases? Are you now starting to see and hear them everywhere around you too? Well, send them in. They just might get featured on the podcast. You can email them to me at think at filteritthroughabraincell.com or you can connect with me on Instagram at filteritthroughabraincell. And if you want to be notified about when new episodes come out and all the things that we're doing, go to www.filteritthroughabraincell.com and sign up to receive email updates. I would love it if you would help us on our mission to teach society how to think well. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and share this podcast with people in your life.